This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Scarlett Hildebeidel talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me as always are Scarlett and Dave. Scarlett, Dave, how are you doing? We're, we're here to celebrate you, Aaron. That's what we're are doing we? right now. This is the is episode of Aaron. That's what it is. You know why it's the episode of Aaron, Scarlett? Why is this the episode of Aaron? Because today's a special Aaron day, Dave. It is? What kind yes. of day would that be? It's is the day it... of... Go ahead. Well, I don't know. What is it? It's what, the day what? that we celebrate that Aaron Armstrong came into the world. I don't know how many years ago, but he's here now. And it's because he was born. That's right. I, I, you know what? We are so happy you're with us, Aaron. We're so happy well, thank that you. we're going to talk today about one of your favorite topics on your birthday. I love that. Thank you. We're going to talk with Enneagram today. So this is Aaron, the Enneagram episode. His favorite subject. <laughs> mm, can't get enough. <laughs> because because uh, what we need is another podcast to talk about the Enneagram. <laughs> there are so many. And Aaron loves, you know, he Aaron's done all the research for this episode. So um, he's going to be a resident expert to talk to us, including our guest today. Um, because, you know, Aaron, now that you're like, you're not just in your 40s, you're in your super 40s now. All right. It's what? a different, it's a different type of 40. <laughs> All right. Well, so be, for those who don't know how old I am, Scarlett and our special guest here, Janae White, would you care to guess how old I am? Hi guys. Oh, this is fun. Oh yeah. And Janae, that's not nice, Aaron. No, no, no. It's okay. We to- we I'll feel totally- very complimentary. No, no, we at- should. This is always fun. How, how old is Aaron? Uh, we'll make the guess. Janae, do this first. How about that, Janae? What do you got? What, what's what, what's oh, Aaron? I'm doing it first. Yeah, you <laughs> yes. have to. Oh, absolutely. Four. Yes. I already said it. Forty-four. Forty-four. Okay. Wow. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Scarlet. I don't know I how to interpret like, your wow. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Aaron's turning 40, like not so long ago. So I feel like it's more like 41, 42. Ooh, Scarlett's closer. It's 41. Is it 40? It's 41. 41. Last year was 40. Okay. But, you know. Didn't you turn 40 last year? Me? No. Dave's 42 uh, this year. I turned 42 this year. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) We're not really in the super 40 zone. Not yet. We're still technically in our early 40s. So Janae pointed out that on my website, which I'm I haven't so updated. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. No. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have a new favorite website, everybody. DavidMSchrader.com. So, As your homepage, everyone. Can I'm I tell you what I discovered, Dave? Yeah, go ahead. Go the ahead. first thing I read was Dave saying, I am a 30-something person <laughs> in Nashville, Tennessee. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I am opening this up right now. Which which reveals the last time I touched the website. <laughs> I continue to oh, pay no. to keep it up. Dave did make a post in March 2020. So mm. I don't know if he, I don't think there's been a big age change since then. I, I haven't um, 
It's amazing they let me advise people on how to market their books when I don't <laughs> even keep up my own site. There it is. Wow. I'm is a 30 not... something. It is literally the first thing you see. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I need you. Uh... Okay. So uh, the challenge is, listeners, you get to rewrite my bio, my short bio. <laughs> <laughs> How bad can it get oh, when you're 41, like almost it. Can we workshop days? this right here, right now, oh, on gosh. my birthday? Why is it that 20s and 30s, it seems like 20s and 30s people, they always lead on bios with, I'm a 20-something, I'm a 30-something, but it definitely stops after 40. Um, I don't hear anyone saying I'm a 40-something or I'm a 50-something. I Do could that? change that. I mean, Aaron, we should we should like set a uh, new trend. Nope. What do you think? No, no I'm going to follow the trend on this. I'm, so I, I'm okay, man. I feel like you know I'm. I, I fit. I fit more of the '40s vibe than you. You know, I'm. I've kind of. You know, I got the whole like balding thing. I'm kind of <laughs> giving up on my dreams. I. Uh, oh Where's the violin? <laughs> no, 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 Dave. We know I, about I, your I've, dreams. I've been in the hospital a handful of times. I have back problems. You know, I mean, I, I've got all the. Did you hurt yourself there. waking up this morning? Oh yeah, that's the amazing thing about whenever you get injured and when you're post forty is uh, uh, it happens in your plus. sleep. It happens in your sleep. It happens when like you really aren't doing anything. It just happens. That's right. So um, you're sitting for a little while and your feet hurt, and it's like what? <laughs> this doesn't yeah. make sense. What did I do today? You yeah. didn't do anything. That's the amazing <laughs> thing. So. All right. Thanks, Janae, for discovering that. I know I happened to email everyone. I was emailing the podcast team here, including our our, our guest today, our three-time guest, Janae White. Um, yeah, we usually have the, like, you know, kind of like a robe, kind of like the five-timers club. You're not quite there yet, um, but we need to think up our, uh, our five-timers. Barnabas uh, achieved it at one point, I think. Mm -hmm. I think he did. Before he was a host. I think he, yeah, 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 because mm. I can't remember. We had him on mm. a few times, didn't we? I don't oh, we had remember. him on quite a, a few. We had him on a number of times. That's true. Yeah. But, okay. Mm. Well, nevertheless, Janae, since you're a three timer, that's a special thing. So we'll uh, we'll come up with some. I feel special. <laughs> you Thank are you. special. <laughs> I feel blessed. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are blessed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in a weird mood right now. I know. What, what is, this I'm feels dangerously close to blessing hour. someone's heart, guys. This is a family show. <laughs> mm. Well, listeners, you may wonder why in the world would we bring Janae back? Well, it only hit me so easily that it's wow. Aaron. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is painful. Wow. Back. <laughs> So, um, so Janae, listeners, as you, I don't know if you may remember, Janae used to work for me. She used to work for me. Um, yet now she doesn't anymore because I, I, I had left uh, the, the prior place of employment. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, and Janae suddenly just starts like putting these digs on me right now. I don't know what it is, but the reality is she was always doing that, uh, which That's is why, true. which is why <laughs> I think Janae's awesome. And, um, so no, we're glad you're back on Janae. We, we do, we do want you to talk a little Enneagram talk just to annoy Aaron because we feel like we need that. Um, but, um, you know, you're the resident expert, so you've been on all the podcasts. Janae must have like a podcast publicist because, well, you are your own publicist, I suppose. 
Exactly. It's like there was a period of time. I'm like, my own assistant. I know. There was a period of time. <laughs> Janae was like, man, you were on like 10 podcasts in a week and it, I couldn't keep up with what was, everything was going on. So I'm glad we could, you could fit us in. Thank you for doing that today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for fitting me in. And this was my first pa- podcast that I had ever done. So it really took off for me after being on this podcast, just for the record. Really? Nice. I like it. See, yes. we're the influencer of influencers, guys. Absolutely. Small but mighty. Y'all know Janae taught me how to do podcasts, like how to be a guest <laughs> on podcasts. Oh, when no. My- now I feel the friend. It's true. When my book was coming out, I was like, ah, I don't want to talk into a microphone. And she's like, here's how you do it. Let's practice. Literally, we sat and practiced. Yes, we sat and practiced yeah. in the podcast studio. It was so Crazy. fun. That's right. Do you remember when we used to go to studios to do these things? Oh, <laughs> so, so long ago. How many years ago was that now? It's been a while. 84? It's like every month of this feels like an entire year. So it's been like yeah. five months of the pandemic. Yeah. So probably five years. Okay. Yeah. We're, yeah. It's been, yeah, we're five and a half months into this, this whole, uh, working, working from various places in the world thing. Right. It's crazy. All right. So Janae, very important question. What new insights wow. have you discovered on the ancient art of the Enneagram? I, oh my listeners, I so was just looking things. at uh, listeners. I was looking at Aaron's face as he was doing this. That's why I laughed. I'm not laughing at Janae nor the topic. It just was Aaron's face. So I'm so sorry for laughing. Uh, Janae, you can answer that seriously now because I, you're, I, you're yeah, our expert. You loved asking the question quite ironically. Yep. <laughs> well, I have not learned. I don't think that there's been any big Enneagram discoveries, but you might think so because ever since we last talked I think that made the book on the Enneagram that was a big book and then if you look at the publishing um, world everyone in, and their mother has put out a book on the Enneagram or some sort of product on the Enneagram so you would think that the Enneagram is new to our world or new to the publishing world or whatever but um, because there are just so many spin-off trials and journals and all these different things I don't know of any new Enneagram knowledge um, I've slowed down a little bit maybe in the last six months in researching or reading more Enneagram books just because it can become a lot. Like I'm trying to think about how to apply it into my own relationships these days and really how to not, I don't need to learn anything new about it. I just need to think about what I already know. So there's lots of new books on the, in the landscape. I was just doing a Google search before this podcast and just seeing like Enneagram journals, how to reflect on your number or um, like ebooks on different numbers and how they interact. So it's just, there's so many resources now. It's so popular, but I wonder, I mean, we're all in Nashville. I wonder how inundated with the Enneagram people outside of Nashville or cities like that feel. I don't know if it's quite as much as we might feel. I think, I think in most places it's still a, huh? What's that? <laughs> right. I don't know what, what it, we did that really made it catch on in Nashville. Maybe podcasts like this. I don't know. <laughs> it was you, Aaron. It was your podcast. Oh, 100%. Again, influencer influencers, guys. Like Seriously. we we tell one person and they tell 10. It's you know, that's how it goes. Well, what about you, Aaron, on your birthday? Have you learned anything new about being a 5, right? Do I remember correctly? Uh, you do remember correctly. Um <laughs> 
so far I so have fun. Um, continued to embrace my just not caring. <laughs> that's about that's, it. That's, <laughs> At least that's great insight. That's right. That's all we got. You yeah, know, I you know, I have not actually taken the opportunity to do any significant research on any any given topic today. Um, <laughs> although I did spend a significant portion of time this week um, rereading a 1990s Batman comic series with my kids, and so that's been pretty great. So that's kind of like historical okay. research. Totally on topic. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's right. Sure, Aaron. There you go. We're gonna go with that. <laughs> Gosh. Um, well, there so, was so, a. Um, although there was actually a, um, a an event that I was looking forward to watching this weekend, and it and um, it has been postponed because it was a it was a, a going to be a topic on on the question of how does someone actually break how does someone actually get into comics and things like that so as a writer just cuz i'm oh, curious about what that process looks like versus everything versus you know regular writing let me ask you a question mm-hmm. so are they uh, are, are comic book writers also illustrators or is that always separate uh they're not always separate sometimes some some artists are also writers um some writers are also artists um and but often they are separate would make sense it's a different certainly different art form correct okay okay and i should say visual artists because writing is an art form so just to be clear dave how many comic books have you read me yeah have you ever read a comic book oh maybe one or two okay yeah i don't think i've read a full comic book from start to finish i used to read the sunday comics and like i would search for the comic page in the newspaper like all the time yes. up. So i used to love reading the newspaper but outside of that i don't think that i've read from start to finish no yeah and the comic strip Have itself is a very different form yeah I think I used to like Archie comics when I was little, but I don't remember like reading them like books. I just remember looking through them, looking for the girls. That's what I would do. (laughs) Like, where are the girly parts? Yeah. Like Betty and Veronica or somebody like that. Isn't there a TV show that is based on the Archie comics right now? Yeah, Riverdale. Ah, okay. Okay. Thank you, Riverdale. Aaron must be an avid watcher of Riverdale, so I'm glad he he knew what that was. No, I just happen to be a, an avid collector of random information, and so you know, there we go, tying it back in all together. Which as a five, thank what? you. As a five, you collect information, which deep down it's probably so that you feel safe. Whoa, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, do you feel? Uh, judged yes well judged yes of course but um do you feel put down by the fact that when when we were talking about comics they went to comics in a newspaper versus comic books that you're referring to i just want to know how you your one feeling you have does that hurt that one feeling no no i'm fine because i had i had a nice lunch earlier so okay (laughs) 
But I am glad you pointed out that it is not the same. Pointed out very quickly. <laughs> yes, they are very different art forms, and both are very. And they just you have to flex different muscles writing those. And I've and I've written both actually. So um, because I'm weird, and uh, there are all kinds of secret things that you guys don't know that I've done. <laughs> Okay, so Aaron, that's a little weird. Uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that. I don't even know where to go with that. Just okay. keep moving. It's fine. Okay. Well, uh, uh, all right. Well, let me go back to the topic right now. Uh, graphic novels. All right. Yes, sir. So, do you all read any graphic novels? No. Of course, no, I do. You I know do that. Okay, um, Scarlett, do your children read any graphic novels? My children have not gotten into them. I mean, we we've gone through some of Epic, which is by Aaron Armstrong. Oh. But as far as like, no, we haven't. I mean, I there are a few that I gave ever to see if she would get into. I can't even remember what they were. But no, it hasn't stuck within with my girls. Okay. You know, when I was at uh, uh, BEA last year, Janae, uh, Book Expo America, the last one in person, right? Oh, so sad. <laughs> we may never get to see another BEA. That event was so big and it's in New York. So I know, I know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but like every year, like year after year, get, the sections would get bigger and bigger, the amount of graphic novels that librarians would like kill each other for literally like jump over each other to try and get uh, an advanced reader copy or meet an author of one because that that was like the fastest growing segment I think last year in terms of uh, at least uh, juvenile literature I guess I'll put it that way um, but there's a lot like written in them it's not just you know just visuals like it's more like it's more text than just the the pow slam you know like punches right. and stuff like that you would see in like comic books come on aaron that's all i know <laughs> <laughs> um but i i was i mean my, my girls have gotten into uh, you know some of them um uh, which is to me i think it's it's fine i think uh sarah mckenzie was encouraging people that you know they're kind of worried as they were growing in popularity um like reina what's her name telgemeier's books she does like smile guts sisters all those and they're really fun but like my initial reaction was oh no like that's not like a true reading experience i know aaron you're, you're gonna shake your head but like that's my immediate reaction it's not it's more because i want to them to develop mm -hmm. like an understanding of like good narrative long-form writing and you know, but, but Sarah McKenzie would encourage you and say, listen, whatever gets them in the door, <laughs> that is the best thing. Whatever that age is, if it's eight to 12, someone that range, give them a love to want to pick up a book instead of um, some sort of iPad or something like that. And then introduce them to other things as kind of a next step. Cause they're saying like the reality is like you read those, but ultimately you want to read like something long form eventually, as you're going through those, but they're fun, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean like the reviews I see for them are, I mean, like people in the literary world understand the purpose of them. Let's put it that way. So, and I don't think they're replacing books. It's just a really interesting mm -hmm. add on. So it's just a different form, just a different form. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Janae, what else is going on in the world of reading for you right now? You're a voracious reader. You've always got something going on. What, uh, tell us I, what you've been I reading. Try to, I try to always have something going on. I definitely have not done as well this year. I made my 
all-time reading goals. Um, the best year I ever had was last year with reading. <laughs> and I think that actually set me up for not as much success this year because I was like, man, I don't think I can top last year, both with the content and the number of that I got to, which was um, exciting for me. But I think that I just haven't, I've struggled a little bit more this year. But I do have several going. And one of my favorite books that um, I read actually devotionally, um, a friend gave to me, and it's a, it's a self-published devotional book called The Seeking Heart. I've been posting a ton about it on Instagram, posting little clips of what I've been reading because it's almost, it's a daily devotional, but it was written by a French priest who was discipling someone from afar via letters. And so mm. it's just very practical. It's almost like a Jesus calling blurb. I like to call it, of course, it's different than Jesus calling, but it's that sort of like short, punchy, um, straight to the point, has a lot of really good sound bites. Um, but it is just written in that letter form because it's to a young Christian. Hmm. And that has just been amazing for me this year. That is one that I've literally, like I have considered writing the self-publisher, whoever did it and asking for a new edition because between me and my mom, I've given it to my mom. She's bought a ton of copies. Like I've bought a ton of copies and handed it out to people that I know. And so I'm like, man, how can I get a better edition? Because the cover is pretty terrible. It is just very like old and was self-published maybe in the 70s or something. And maybe it's gotten a little bit of an upgrade. So I'm in this new adventure of like, how can I revive the seeking heart? <laughs> mm. so, so that's one that I've been reading every day. Right now I'm also reading um, Jesus Over Everything by Lisa Wilhelm. I've been doing a little bit more in the back in the Christian living space. Um, then I'm reading a couple books for work. Um, this year I moved from being a publicist to um, doing more book marketing and running marketing campaigns in Dave's absence. <laughs> so hey, I, hey. No, Dave's, Dave leaving gave you the opportunity. Uh, that's true. Uh. And that's how he positioned it. He was like, this is an opportunity for you. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> but now it is true. So I'm trying to, I'm reading a biography that we are publishing on Elizabeth Elliot's early years. It's called Becoming Elizabeth Elliot. Um, so I'm reading some of that and I'm about to start a fiction audiobook. That was probably way too much, but that's, that's where I'm, that's where I am. And I'm really trying to see the last six months of the year as like, okay, let's hit maybe half of my reading goal. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've been much yeah, more good reads. I think I have all of you guys on, on good reads and get sometimes get encouraged slash discouraged, especially I think Aaron or whoever between you and Dave. And I know Scarlett, you read a ton too, but I can't oh, wait I to all off of good reads. Okay, I haven't been I'm on there like, in a while. Yeah, me neither. And it's like the longer I go without reading as much this year, then I get discouraged when I look at what my goal was and how many books behind I am. <laughs> Have you I'm 12 behind and I don't feel good about it. 12? Oh no. <laughs> but my goal was 125. See? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I mean, we've talked about this before, Janae, but like just in the middle of COVID, has it been harder to read right now? It has been harder for me to read. And I'm not sure why. I would have expected the opposite. Um, but I just haven't. I think I've been listening to fewer audiobooks because I haven't been driving as much. And for whatever reason, I had just haven't, I haven't been reading quite as much, but I've been reading more devotionally and like I've been picking up more of the Christian living books, which the past few years I had taken a little bit of a break from because we were, you know, we were working on those for work. So I was having to read some of them and just 
needed to take a little bit of a break outside of that, but I've been back on that train a little bit. All right. So listeners, you may not know, but Janae is fluent in Spanish oh, and no. Uh, I'm not, no, I'm not going, any, <laughs> not going where you think I'm going. Um, <laughs> do you, um, have you been reading, have you, have you read like a book in Spanish? Um, the only book that I read cover to cover in Spanish was, um, I'm blanking on the name is by Donald Whitney. And it's one that B&H translated um, reading scripture or something like praying God's word, praying scripture, praying scripture. Yeah. Thank you. I think I combined multiple books, but I did read that entire book in Spanish. It took me a while. And though I can communicate better speaking in Spanish, like I haven't had as much formal training or reading practice in Spanish. So that is a whole different thing. Um, a lot of my experience with Spanish has been in the church, um, and around like Christian ministry. So it was easier for me to read that book because I, kind of got, I grasped the concept already. It was pretty simple. It was just a lot of good practical help. And that vocabulary, vocabulary, I already knew a little bit more of, but I haven't attempted to read it, read anything in Spanish after that, aside from like shorter form articles and, and that kind of thing. So you haven't, haven't gone into, uh, Epica, the, the, uh, <laughs> Spanish edition of, of Epic. That's what you're saying to me right now. Not- not yet. I'm ashamed to say, Aaron, after working on marketing and publicizing that book, might I add? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> that's okay. It's I haven't fine. read it that's either, but that's because I can't read Spanish. So <laughs> I'll put that on my five-year Spanish goal. <laughs> Are there like, and I know you lived in Mexico for a year, like were there books that they're encouraging you to read, even if you had pieces of them? My Spanish tutor asked me to read just one news article a day. And then to summarize one a week for her. So that was something I was doing just to kind of flex my muscles with, with reading. Um, the family I lived with was a missionary family and they had given me several like missionary biographies or things like that. And honestly, I just haven't gotten to read, um, spent much time reading them. So I have a couple Christian books in Spanish and I, I should say, I do have a Spanglish, a Spanglish, a Spanish English side-by-side Bible that I read. And so sometimes I will jump over and like, if I'm reading a Psalm or something, I'll jump over and read it in Spanish or attempt to read it out loud just to kind of, even if my comprehension isn't good, like it gives me something to practice reading. So, uh, yeah, I, all I can think of, I'm trying to think of one that we, the mm-hmm. only book I can think of is like Don Quixote in Spanish. I think we were, yeah. we had to read in Spanish class at some point. That's the only thing I could think of, which is, which is fun. It's fun to do. It's just, but I can imagine being able to converse with someone in Spanish right. is very different. Than right. And they don't always translate those disciplines. Actually. Like you have to develop all of them, just like we do in, in our native language. You have to work on each one, how to read well, how to write well, how to talk and listen. So that's just not something I've gotten as much experience in. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, my uh, oldest daughter, Madeline, she is finding out her Spanish name oh. in Spanish class today. You know, they assigned their, so. That's exciting. I know, real exciting. Um, my, my class, you know, growing up was not fun. They, they, I was just David. They, they didn't give me anything else. We didn't get anything now else I'm unique. I know. Did you have to learn, did you have to do French because of those darn French Canadians? We had to do French up until, um, up until ninth grade. And then we could stop. That's a pretty which good foundation, though. That's longer than we have to take in schools up until ninth. Yeah, grade. but I don't remember any of it because I don't use it. So, mm-hmm. um, so they could have made us do it for a year, and it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> yeah, you you've got to be around it more to be able to develop mm-hmm. it. So I totally get that. I know. I'm wondering if uh, by Malin learning how to uh, speak it will 
bring it back a little bit. So, all right. So you have to tell us what else is going on in terms of the book world. So have you, um, like with other friends, you used to do yeah, a book club, I, I recall. Been in a book do you still club do this that? Year. I was in one last year that I really enjoyed. Um, I do follow a couple book clubs. I mean, like huge book clubs, not very small ones um, online. And that's kind of a good way that I discover new books. Like I've been following the Hello Sunshine book club and I've, where I've enjoyed the fiction that she reads like every month so much that now I read like everything she recommends almost like by the month or I go back. And if I'm looking for a new fictional book to read, then I will just choose one of those. And I had a friend that I've had a couple friends, even at Lifeway that, that will, that have been like on a track of reading everything that she recommends. They're all female writers, like female centric stories. And it's a pretty good variety. Speaking of book clubs, something I've been trying to do on all the books that I work on is just to put together a book club discussion guide and just go ahead and pre-write a few questions for each chapter so that if, if people want to use those questions just for individual reflection as they read through the book, some of our books already have that at the end of the chapter, but some don't. Um, and then also to use in a group so we can encourage people when we're marketing the book. Hey, if you, if you liked this book, um, especially people that are on like a launch team or something, we say, okay, now here's a, a book club guide and you can lead a couple of your friends through it and talk about it. So as far as book clubs, that's something I've been trying to think about with marketing on how do I equip people that lead book clubs or have never done that before or maybe a resource that doesn't have a small group component, we can make a group guide out of it. I love that you're doing that, you know, because I think yeah, we sometimes assume mm-hmm. that everyone kind of knows what to do in terms of how to have a, like a book discussion with friends or have like a more like cohesive book club, but doing that makes it 10 times easier. Uh, so give us kind of like a state of the industry of kind of what you're observing on, um, you know, since like, are people interacting? Are they still trying to get together in person and talk about books? Are they doing it on Zoom like we're doing right now? Like, what, what, what do you, what do you see? Just the overall book industry, or as far as book clubs in the industry, all, all of the above. Well, it's certainly been an interesting, you know, past five months for people that work in books. I know that Bibles has been um, up like 40, 50% at different times. People have been buying Bibles, but book sales has been pretty steady. Um, and for us, it's just, we've had to be really sensitive about the way we talk about books. Um, like for example, we had a book um, that in the subtitle, well, this full title was stand all the way up stories when a uh, stories of staying in it, when you want to burn it all down. And the pub date for that book was Blackout Tuesday, the week of all the protests. So we had to kind of shift the strategy as far as how do we talk about this sensitively and then just how are we how are we marketing books. But we've seen that people are still devouring books during this time. It's just sometimes there's been um, ups and downs as far as individual purchasing. But um, I've seen book clubs meet on Zoom, just like small groups are. I don't think there it's happening quite as much, but it seems like readers are still very active and that's been a great way, obviously to pass time during COVID. Yeah. I, I think the desire to, you know, I, I mean, if you're reading, I mean, this has kind of been our outlet to be able to talk about books, mm-hmm. but I was wondering about someone who may have been used to, and reality is you got all sorts of people who have different feelings about getting together in person versus doing this. I mean, the reality is I think we're all right. zoomed out most of the time. And so even if we want to have a discussion, oh, yeah. but this is kind of our prompt always to talk about books, which is fun. So it kind of fulfills mm-hmm. that need I've always had, but, uh, um, but yeah, I wonder kind of, okay, 
yeah, you know, ladies who like my mom has gotten together for 40 years doing different book clubs, you know, which is awesome. Wow. Um, she's still been able to get together That's with really some cool. of her friends, which is nice, but they'll, you know, they'll go on a patio and stay away from each other. And so, but I'm always kind of curious the way people are doing them. And I think there's also a lot of people who are just willing to have just a, uh, literally a typed out conversation, whether it's a forum or something else on books. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's never as good as getting a cup of coffee and, you know, hanging out with friends type thing. But uh, I don't know, because it's, I don't know, we, we like you have, have as, as Aaron is struggling with his goal right now, mm-hmm. and we're going to keep reminding him <laughs> of how he's struggling with his goal on his birthday. Just remember what that means is, is I've read 67 books instead of 79. So basically you, yeah, you, you have read more than what my goal is. <laughs> so sorry. sorry. <laughs> I mean, your goal is twice of what mine is. Gosh. Um, wow. Exactly. Right. I'm not even going to admit. He's, he's something. He's complaining about this too. He's like really mad I this know. year. Really disappointed <laughs> in myself. Okay. I, you know, getting things done is important to me. And, uh, you know that that goes to some somewhat goes to my my fiveness because I don't want to appear incompetent um, or foolish. So if I want to do something, I have to figure out how to get it done. Oh, yeah. okay, that's what that's happens. Yeah, I brought it all back in. Oh yeah, See, all back together. Now we're back at the enneagram. See, I know, I know. We were going to talk about that like galore, but we just got sidetracked to all this other fun right here. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. I know. Listeners, you do you do need to listeners, you do need to go back. I don't even know what episode it is. It's at least 70 it was like episodes. like from 2019 or Yeah, it was a while ago, but yeah, it was, it was early yeah. days. Cuz you you educate you did two episodes. One you educated us on Enneagram and we kind of went mm-hmm. through all the types. And then we broke it down in the second one where we were looking at different authors and what Enneagram they were writers, right? Yeah, we talked about book else. characters to too, which was fun. Like we talked yes, about some of the, the characters in characters. Harry Potter. I remember fictional characters and what their Enneagram number was. So yes, yeah, that was a fun conversation. That was. So yes, go back and listen to that one. I think it was, pra- it was practical on mm-hmm. all of the above. So, um, and I still think that's so funny. That was your first podcast. So that's so crazy. I know it was okay. great. Cause I got to do it in person. We with changed you your entire life. Seriously. Yeah. The whole trajectory of my life changed. <laughs> I know. I, I do remember like when COVID hit and everything at home, suddenly like Janae's podcast tour just goes like this straight up. I hope you were proud. You gave me my first podcast opportunity. So you should be happy about this. <laughs> oh gosh so Janae you mentioned before that you've been kind of paying attention to books on Reese's book club I forget the name of it but there seems to be great books recommended sunshine all the time sunshine club I think. Sunshine, yeah, sunshine club so what, what what's been like your favorite one which one you would you recommend the most out of all those oh man um probably where the crawdad sings is maybe one of the top most well-known books that has come out of that book yeah. club that I know that book club really gave a boost to, but that that's one of my favorite books that I've read in the last couple of years. And that was uh, a Reese Witherspoon pick talks about like kind of poverty and the, um, the marshes and the story of this girl who kind of raises herself and in the marshes. And it's, it's really fascinating and very different than a lot of the other books she picked. And it actually just got picked to be a movie. I think, I think they just signed a contract on it. So there's been books like that that 
all of the ones that she picks for the most part are fun, but that was definitely a standout for me and I think was a standout for the book club. But it's been interesting to see, I know that she's been doing this for a couple of years, but now there's a lot of kind of famous people book clubs, <laughs> whether that's um, Jenna um, Bush Hager, who's on the Today Show. She has a Jenna's book club. I read one of her books, I think it was called Searching for Sylvia, and it was a um, Chinese, a set in China mystery novel, and that was a fun one, but I haven't really like bought into that one yet because I trust Reese so much with what she's picked for me so far, but it's been interesting to watch kind of that um, like I know Today Show has a book club, GMA, Good Morning America, they have a book club as well. So, um, and then a lot of kind of like micro book clubs, micro influencers on Instagram, like I follow the, the hashtag bookstagram and like different accounts on Instagram that um, maybe I found them because I've been reading something that's on that account and then I discover new books and read people's reviews on Instagram. So I actually use Instagram almost as much as Goodreads to discover new books, which is interesting. Um, and that's how I keep up with Reese's club as well. See, Dave, this is why we gave Scarlett the Instagram <laughs> again, being influencers of influencers. This is how we're going to do it as micro influencers. Micro influencers Aaron, you might be at this point, but who knows? The most micro of influencers. <laughs> I'm proud of you guys. Mm -hmm. You have an Instagram presence. I appreciate it. You know, we're trying and we're trying to not make it terrible, which again is why Scarlett is running it. <laughs> exactly. It's interesting. Just, you know, and I, I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but I mean, for one-off book recommendations, I mean, any social media outlet is certainly useful, but it's funny, as you're saying, like Instagram has become it mm -hmm. because yeah, I'd looked at that too. And I think it's fascinating. And also the, the reality that everyone wants to kind of have their own book club, mm -hmm. which is, yeah. hey, if it gets more people reading, I don't care if it happens to feed their desire as well as people are following them. But uh all I can say is the books better be good. Yes. <laughs> so, and you mentioned, uh, you know, where the card ads saying, yes, I have a copy. I've not read it, but you're pushing me to, uh, to go ahead and read yeah. it. So, um, I mean, my, my mom's read it. My mother-in-law's read it. Uh, Brooke just read it. And did Brooke like it? Yeah, she did. Yeah. So I, I just, um, yeah, we just got one copy or train. I think she read it a few weeks ago or mm -hmm. something like that. So Yeah, the hard thing yeah. is with the small book clubs, they really follow what the bigger ones are doing. So sometimes I'm not actually discovering other new books, but if Reese picks a book, then it's like everyone picks that book and the book is everywhere. So, you know, if you're if you're reading along, great, but that is something that I've noticed that those smaller ones the micro influencers, the bookstagram. It's like once Reese Witherspoon or you name it, other person that's a book influencer picks one book, it flies the top of the New York Times bestseller list. And then everyone is talking about that one book. So has, has Reese Witherspoon become the new Oprah? Maybe. Is that what's happened here? I think that in some ways she has, but I didn't really follow Oprah's book club when she was doing it. And I think she still does it, but I don't know if it's quite as popular right now. Yeah, Oprah stopped it for a little while once her uh, her uh, main show ended, and then when she was building up the Oprah magazine and a variety and her t and the television channel and a variety of other parts of her empire, uh, that's when she got the book club going again. Which I mean, it's great because you all the uh, 
I mean, all the authors that she has helped bring to light is, is fascinating. So, but you're right. Yeah. I think Reese in terms of looking, I don't know if it's, I don't, it's hard. I'd have to look back and see kind of the comparison for sales numbers. I'm sure PW has analyzed that. Like when Oprah makes a pick, what happens within the first 60 days, you know, of a book selling afterwards or a uh, versus Reese, a very different market from when, Oprah's book club was at its height, but, but the point is, um, I don't know. I think it's fun. I, mean, I know sometimes it's, it's kind of a joke having a book club. But I, I think it's great. I, I like that they do, that they do them, but yeah, it better be yeah. good. Yeah. It just has to be good. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a person that I'll stop a book quickly if I don't like it. I don't feel like I have to finish it. I'll, I'll just put it down. <laughs> Especially now that I use the library books and Kindles and audiobooks, I, I judge pretty quickly. Even though I understand that it takes a while to get into it, it's just, I know I probably, it stresses me out when I've downloaded, I've put on hold multiple books on Libby, on the library audiobook or the um, Overdrive apps. And it seems like they all, if I have like 10 holds, all of them will come at once. So that gets stressful. So I'm like, gosh, if I don't like this book in the first like 50 pages, I got to move on before this one expires. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, that happens to me too. Mm-hmm. I, I had a, a point two months ago where I had like four or five right at yeah. once. And, you know, you've only got a certain amount of days to listen to these. Exactly. Well, so, you know, here's a question that I've, I've been wanting to ask. Um, so I know we were, we were thinking about wrapping up soon, but this is an important one. How has book publicity work changed in like over these last five months or has it changed at all? Hmm. That's a really good question. Well, in some ways, I was, an antis- I was anticipating a big change already um, and really watching to see if media would be less responsive because of the election. So we knew 2020, I'd been talking and chatting with other publicists, like what do we think this year is going to be like for getting our authors on news talk shows where typically they'd have a spot, but it might be dominated by the election. Little did we know that the pandemic was going to take over. Um, I don't think it changed opportunities for authors to still go on podcasts. And um, I think in some ways it might've opened up more opportunity because of doing interviews on Zoom and Skype. So we've had authors that have gone on New York shows or have um, gone on shows that they would typically have to travel for and, or that they wouldn't be considered um, at another time. But because of all of this, they've, they've been considered, they've had some angle to speak into, especially Christian authors. I think pastors have, um, if we're talking about mainstream, um, media outlets, then some Christian authors and pastors have gotten more, um, opportunity to speak into what's going on. Um, especially looking at, like I saw several news stories early on where the top of the Google searches was prayer, or how do I talk to God or, um, just different Christian topics. So, it didn't change as much as I thought it would. Now we are moving into where we're getting closer to the election and just complete um, domination of the 24 hour news cycle. Um, but we still have a pandemic going on and people are still looking for different content. So I guess that's a roundabout way of saying it didn't change too much as much as I thought. Um, in some ways it opened up more opportunity. And I think that, sure, we may not be able to get authors on 24-hour cable news to talk about their book when the election's happening. But I think people more than ever, they were still going to do this during the election, but now with the pandemic, they're looking for um, hope and just a break. So they're listening to podcasts more and um, still looking for other kinds of content. Very cool. 
I love it. Hey, is there anything else? What are you reading right now? Right now, I just finished that book, Seeking Heart. Um, I'm a, I'm in this first chapter of Jesus Over Everything by Lisa Whittle. That's the main one I'm, I'm reading right now. Very cool. Dave, what about you? Well, I'm still in the middle of East of Eden. It is a long one, but it's so good. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm like halfway through. So making good progress. It's it's definitely been more of a weekend read. Uh, just it's just got to go a little slower. Um, I went back and I'm listening to the audiobook of Old Man in the Sea. I've mm-hmm. read it many times, mm-hmm. but it intrigued me because the audiobook is read by Donald Sutherland. Nice. And it's it's you know he's a little nasally. Um, but him as an old man, he's amazing. Well, it's because and he is an old man. He is an old man, and um, he does kind of that uh, Cuban voice, uh, you know, with some of the words, which is really cool. And, um, you know, I'm listening at to normal speed. I usually listen to audiobooks like 1.5 or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, but this at normal, I mean, it's so short. It's like a three-hour-long audiobook, so it's not bad. But it's fascinating. And, you know, it's Hemingway. He writes all these poignant short sentences his prose is it's Hemingway so it's good it's really interesting uh and then I speaking just because we were just talking about when things come in on um on overdrive but uh Aaron Iron Lake finally came in I haven't read it yet Uh, Kent Kruger's uh Iron Lake so I will start the Cork O'Connor mystery series so there you go I think you're I gonna like it. i'd start an audiobook for fun and then i, I may mm-hmm. go to the physical book we'll see so there you go what about you aaron well um i got an early birthday present in my inbox the other day um from a publicist in fact wow um at uh yeah at uh university of minnesota press so I got a copy of American Gospel, a novel by Lynn Enger. So mm-hmm. this is Life Enger's brother, um, who is also a novelist. Um, and he, um, Lynn is the author of The High Divide and Undiscovered Country, which were um, actually two of my favorite books in 2018-2019 uh, to read. Um, I really enjoyed those a lot. They're very, um, he's got a very snappy kind of, kind of writing style. So this new one I'm, I'm looking forward to looking forward to getting into takes place in the 1970s and basically is a, is about what happens when there's a guy who is, who thinks he's been given a, a a revelation of when the world is going to end. Whoa. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm reading it right now as you're telling it. Wow, I mm-hmm. like I like that cover. Man, it's a beautiful cover. Yeah, it's it, so it, good. We'll, we'll post a link to that. It's really, it's like a storm on the plains with with kind of a '70s motif. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, listeners, okay. help my help celebrate my birthday by <laughs> clicking the link and pre-ordering through it on the show notes. What do you, what do you That'll get, help eight, us out. Eight, what do you get eight cents off of that? I will get whatever I can get. Thank you. It helps us run this show. Okay. <laughs> it's how we pay for this empire. Okay. We love you. We love you, Aaron. Happy birthday, Aaron. Yes. Thank happy you. Birthday, Aaron. And by the way, listeners, thank mm-hmm. you. And by the way, listeners, when you're listening to this 
on Monday the 24th, it will not be my birthday. My birthday is the 21st. That's so a shame. There you That's go. That's a shame. Okay. All right. We'll still That's celebrate right. it, though. <laughs> That's right. Celebrate in your hearts. And uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the other greatest gift you can, can give is giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show because we deserve it. And really, Dave deserves it, especially after the beating he took on on our 100th episode <laughs> for his cat fashion shows. So. I listened to that. That gave me some good laughs. <laughs> it should. It's like, it was like Dave at work every day. In the past. I was like, man, I missed this. <laughs> you mean Dave was dressing his cats at work? No. That's so oh, weird. Oh, <laughs> Hey, listeners! By the way, now we're, we're we got our hundred ratings right now for a hundred sure episode. Well done! Hey. Thank you. That's right. That's right. All right. Cool. Thank you, Janae, for coming on again. Yes, thanks, Janae. This three. was a lot of fun. Thank you so Number much for, three having, for you. having me. I enjoyed it. All right. Cool. And uh, guys, we'll talk to you later. Bye. This is an Area Code podcast.